Hey everyone, Maddie and I love talking about our feelings and being open and honest with our listeners, and we think you guys love hearing that too, but we just wanted to give a quick heads up that this following episode contains some material that may be difficult for some people who are sensitive to content about depression or suicide, and so if that kind of thing is not something that you want in your daily listening, particularly on this day, and we totally feel you if that's how you're feeling, um, we would recommend that you don't listen to this episode, um, and you know, check us next week. It's not that long. Oh, no, just check us next week is how I should end that. Check us next check week. A, check us next week. Dun, da, da, da. This is the first sentence we're recording today. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I was just, I did not have my mojo turned on. 2019's has been a slow start for me. Uh, you should all know that we really don't do very much planning or, like, rehearsing, or we really don't... That's a lie. We just went on an hour-long hike to plan. We didn't say anything on that hike. Yeah, but we went to plan. But we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> um, but in general, we really do very little... Well, like, we don't do scripting. Like, we, Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay, but no, that, Maddie, we, we really don't do this very often, but Maddie just had us recording for ten minutes, and then we deleted it. It was four minutes. Felt but like it felt I, like half an hour. I just like came out of the gates insulting people who enjoy Oof. celebrating New Oof, Year's, and then yeah. I was like, "Who would want to listen to this on the first day of the year?" I barely wanted to listen. I'm here, second yeah. house, right? Um, well, we had a really fun New Year's Eve. We did. Um, I made an elaborate dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, Annie, I felt inclined to say that again. I said it. Yes, <laughs> I said it two seconds ago. But yeah, Annie spent three hours cooking. You made chorizo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a chorizo pork bean. Feeling, oh, it was so good. I did some, I grilled some ta- cactus tacos. Oh yeah, and you slapped me with a cactus. Yeah, twice. <laughs> the second time that. was a real surprise. <laughs> things were really crazy last night. Um, well, I, we were all sober except a little bit Maddie, but I, but I certainly wasn't drinking, and the cactus had a real nice slap to it. Yeah, you whacked me. But I was good. super excited because I was looking for cactus earlier this weekend, and then I found it in your local grocery store where they filmed. The yes. star is born. I would just like everyone to know that that scene where Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper fall in love in the parking lot mm-hmm. at Super A. Yeah. That's my local grocery store. Yeah. And I have no idea what I was doing the night that Lady it Gaga was probably two o'clock in the morning. Was one minute away. Yeah. No. No, I, I they were filming Mrs. Maisel on my street <gasps> and it, like they filmed until five in the morning, I think. Mm. So they I think they do that when they have to do night shots. Oh. Because it's really quiet. So I was probably sleeping. Yeah. That's probably what you're doing. It's probably not out on the no, town. I doubt Much it. like last night. Yeah, much like last night. I left the house, this house, at 11.30 to go back to mine, and mm-hmm. we were just discussing how... I it's not really hers. It's her sister's apartment that yeah. she's staying Oh, yeah. In. Sorry, I'm not moving here, people. Uh, yeah. Don't get used to this in-person <laughs> awkwardness. <laughs> um, you look very lovely today. Oh, thank you. Are you being sarcastic? No, no, but I thought maybe you would say so to you. <laughs> What? How do we feel about fishing for compliments? I used to, I feel like it used to be looked down upon, like, in high school, you're like, oh, that person is fishing for a compliment. But now I'm like, fuck, yeah, I'm fishing for a compliment. Yeah. I would love it if you said something nice to me. I'll set you up to say I look good. You're like, I got some gear. Oh, you you wanted me to say you looked good? That was the only reason you said that? No, that wasn't why I got Oh, you look really good, too. I like your vest. Especially with the tank top underneath. Yes. Um. I love my vest. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have not gotten the response from it that I feel is deserved. I feel like people don't assign the same weight to things that you, like, 
Well, it's just very different. You've okay. never seen me. No one's ever seen me in a vest before. Is that true, I've though? never had a vest before. I feel before. like in high school you had a vest. I did not. I don't believe I've you. never had a vest. I don't really believe you. I've never had a vest, and now I have this really cozy one. Uh-huh. And I think it also is pretty styling. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, the reaction has been lukewarm at best. Sure. So. Well, maybe if it was velvet or something. Maybe I'll post a picture. Yeah, do on that. On Instagram and fish for some compliments. Definitely. Be like, guys, what do you think of this I vest? feel like I'm really good at fishing for compliments in a way yeah. that no one would ever suspect. Artful. I think I'm, I might be a psychopath. <laughs> Because I'm really, really you good here first. at manipulating conversations. It kind of scares me a little bit. Mm. Yeah. Well, Oof, that just got really dark. <laughs> well, why don't you manipulate this one right into the convo you have planned? Because <laughs> Annie, Annie has a map in front of her of our conversation. I just... Uh, all right. I don't have a map. <laughs> well, it looks like there's some drawings. This was on, We were trying to plan key. our logo yesterday. Oh. Our new logo. Guys, we have a new logo. We do. Uh, let us know what you think. I feel like I like it. I feel like we did a good work. I think we did great. Yeah. And you can guess what iconic gay movie, not actually any gay content, but loved by lesbians left, yeah. right, and center. Absolutely. Inspired um, us. Baseball-centric female movie. Sisters. Yes. You can maybe take a gander as to yeah. which movie yeah. inspired the logo. <laughs> um, all right. And so I think that we, we're recording on the second... But normally we're gonna do like weekly, but so like this will be the longest break we have between recording and releasing. And I'm today's just, the first. Whoa, today's the first. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have about six days in between he, today and our release, so like the world could end. I do, I don't think we should talk about scheduling because there are people like me who have no idea what day it is ever. I I don't know how you live your life. Um, <laughs> it's confusing. Yeah. Well, okay. Then I won't say any dates ever. It's July. <laughs> It's, it's warm outside. Los Angeles is beautiful. Um, I'm feeling a little... I don't want to live here, but I do like my visit. Um, you like it. I like it. I like New York more, though, mm-hmm. at this time. Um, so let's talk about 2019. Okay. Because I feel like when we started this series, we started with some goals and some some goals. So We did. We went hard on Passion Planner. Whoa. Yeah, and we kind of withdrew our, our endorsement, I would say. We kind of did. Yeah. I recently... We, after convincing a lot of people <laughs> to buy one. Shout out to my gal who messaged me recently and was like, do you guys still endorse Passion Planner? <laughs> um, and I had to tell her that we... I don't know if we do anymore. Yeah, I mean... It's hard to commit yeah. to things in your life. I'm currently doing a free form kind of like dot, like not really dot planning because I think it's so annoying, but mm-hmm. um, like having a, a place where I can just like quickly make lists and schedules and things like that. Like sometimes I have a week layout, sometimes I don't. Yeah, I I don't know if I'll ever get my system down because <laughs> I, I have been ever since tour started or ever since we found out about it, I bought an actual physical calendar. Yeah. I was doing more analog, just mapping of stuff. Like, because, like, when Sheg and I would sit down and be like, right. what does the next right. month look like? Right. It really helps to physically write I it agree. down. I agree, yeah. Um, and then also, just with all the tour planning and stuff, I was, there were so many things happening in my brain that I would think of, like, Pretty much every second, I would be like, oh, I need to right. get this thing and for the car. I think it's what's really good for oh, us need... to get out of your head. Yeah. yeah. So I realized, like, I have to write write stuff down because it's happening so fast. So I had a little notebook, and I started just writing all sorts of lists. And it was all ra- – like, it wasn't – I didn't have a specific order. It was just right. a blank notebook. That's what I do. Yeah. I would make – I would write, like, 
a list of things to do right. or I would write some lyrics in it or yeah. you know, it's like a mix of everything and I like having it all in one place. Like I realize I don't need a lyric notebook and then a planner right. and then a calendar. So I have that because I used to the first ever like moleskin very cliche for people to like be attached to their moleskins, but here we are. Um Maddie, for the first 10 minutes of this day or this recording before this one went live, she was sipping her Coke so obnoxiously loud, and she just looked at me and took the quietest sip of Coke. I've, and it was clearly pained. Does it, does it even taste good to you? No. No, it tasted horrible. It tastes her. better when you slurp. Okay. Well, don't hold back next time. The Japanese had it right. Just, <laughs> just looked at me in such fear. In, uh, in other cultures, it's polite to slurp because okay. it means you're enjoying, right. it, like slurping it means, oh, this is really tasty. Yeah. I like it. No, it explains a lot about my restaurant experiences in New York. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Why a lot of people slurping? If I'm at like pho and I mm-hmm. order, order ramen, yeah. Hmm. Um, okay, well, just don't hold back next time. Enjoy <laughs> it the way you want. Okay. Um, Thanks for letting me where be Where were we? <laughs> you were saying something important <gasps> and earnest. You were talking about calendars and oh oh, oh well I used to when I first got my moleskin that I I like kept everything in there and I was just doing note lists and I was doing notes and I was doing um you can slurp man <laughs> lists and notes and all these things and then um the more I started using them as like this nightly journaling which I'm sure I'll talk about plenty of times coming up um the less I really wanted to use them for anything else, so I really started designating them just as, like, my nighttime journaling. Right, right, right. Um, but then I have this other notebook that's, like, flimsy, and I just, if I have a scene idea, if I have a sketch idea, if I have a stand-up idea, all of that just goes right, right into a little, like you're saying, catch-all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So you've got journaling... And then you have one other everything. Yeah, and then I have ten legal pads. So I'm... I'm <laughs> You're always... I'm yeah. pretty organized. You've got a lot of legal pads. <laughs> no, I'm just... I, yeah, it's just... Well, I have, a, I have a legal pad for stand-up. I have a legal pad for quote work. And then I have a legal pad for essay brainstorming. And I have a... It's just all over the place. Well, I think that's something... I don't think that writing stuff down... I prefer to type stuff. That's crazy. So I... Like, typing, I... It just comes out of my brain in real time, you right. know? And I used to, I mean, I feel like I've talked about this. I used to write books and novels and stuff when I was a kid. I show off. I just used to write novels, just a little (laughs) thing I did. Um, But I was just always typing. Like, I was Mm -hmm. very comfortable on the computer from a very young age. And it was kind of like my main outlet of expression. And so with this album, like, we... I've been trying to write a bunch of lyrics in my notebook and stuff and then just type it all up once I have the final lyrics. But I realized that even writing songs, like, I would rather type my lyric ideas on the computer. That's crazy. I know. Well, and then everything's lost because it's all in random Word documents yeah. or it's on Google Drive. Right. Or it's in notes. Like, oh, my God, someone help me. Yeah. Well, when I – so when I first – I feel like I definitely have this hyper-awareness to the point of detriment of, like – Am I writing on the computer? Am I writing in my notebook? Like, I'm really putting way too much emphasis on, like, how I'm getting things done because yeah. I think I'm still so insecure about mm. creating stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, it has to be right. Like, the, the I can't have any noise or, like, I must have. Yeah. It's just really, like, too much overanalyzing. I do think I like things by hand just because I'm a pretty tactile, like, person. But, um, yeah. 
the when I wrote my I feel like I'm it's really sad I I loved who I was when I was 17 a lot (laughs) I really did and and like in a way that I was just very carefree and very like I had some misery in high school but I also was just like very authentic I thought Mm -hmm. um towards the end and so when I did that stand-up set at the end of my senior year, mm-hmm. I did that whole thing on a computer, and I was, like, very comfortable doing that, and, mm-hmm. like, typing and rewriting and doing it, and I've never, I don't think I've ever felt that way since that night. What do you think changed? I don't know. I think I just got really insecure, and um, was starting to think about, like, how I was going to be productive in the world. Suddenly, mm-hmm. I was, like, I don't, just everything about me felt wrong for You've a long time. You've always put pressure on yourself about the future. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think less in high school because no one really thought well, about it. Yeah. But ever since college, for yeah. sure. Um, and I'm trying to unlearn that a lot. And I think you yeah. and I talked today about how different my attitude has been about the future mm-hmm. recently. Yeah. Um, I know even because we were just on a hike and you were talking about just we were looking at houses and you're like, oh, I used to always think about yeah the style of house and this and the age I would be and blah 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 and and where I was gonna live and what my job was gonna be and how much money I was gonna make and um I think that was all a function of being really unhappy with where I was living or what I was doing yeah um and now I'm just like much more content and so I if things just kind of slowly moved from where I am right now I would be okay like it doesn't feel like I need to immediately escape my situation yeah and you feel like you're just going down a path that is working much better yeah exactly yeah and I think that's kind of a good sign is like yeah if you feel like you're planning too far ahead you're probably doing something wrong on your on your day-to-day well we also talked about how that's like can be a function of anxiety totally of being it's it's something to control being like (laughs) being like okay well in an ideal world my house would look like this, right. and I'd be on this track and making this much money, right. and like, oh my god, now how am I going to get from here to there? Blah, 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 <laughs> and blah, now, blah, and now I feel like I am in an ideal world where, so I'm not like trying to fixate on how to find it. Yeah, <clears throat> you're in an ideal world. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, good for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, when it takes, it's so funny how, um, you and I, I guess we can talk about this, even though we're supposed to be talking about 2019, but, um, <laughs> we've talked about how when you have a mental health hold up or you because I have I think you have maybe I have also have anxiety but I think that you probably are more naturally anxious than I am mm-hmm. but I think I might be more naturally depressed than you are mm-hmm. um I don't, don't want to project that on you maybe that's not true at all but I definitely have always identified more strongly with depression than I did anxiety mm-hmm. um and so we talked about this is a little serious but like how when I got to New York and I was really comfortable all of a sudden I was realizing how unhealthy a lot of my mental um like mental habits I guess or um how I talked to myself was a lot different for the last couple years um and how that like felt very normal and so I was just like not worried about it but it turns out that was not a good headspace right but it's hard to recognize that when you're existing in that right um yeah only being outside of it helps you to identify it yeah like waking up every day and being like oh I have to I have to go on this day I kind of wish I didn't like I was yeah but when I when I moved to New York I woke up in the morning and I would realize that like huh like I'm ready to get up out of bed and I'm ready to kind of do my day and it I suddenly realize like, it's so interesting how you can know something immediately that you should have known all along kind of like coming out but yeah um how like every morning I woke up in Durham um I would wake up and be like 
in some form or another, like, oh, I kind of wish that I was dead today. Like, yeah, totally. um, and it's, you know, that's kind of putting it lightly or, or I wasn't really suicidal. I was just like, was, had those habits of like, that was my first instinct was to wake up and be like, no, I would rather be dead today. Yeah. And I would be like, no, no, like get out of bed. Like you're going to be fine. But still those tiny things can really weigh on you. Yeah. Um, in a way that they, they, that is not normal. Like, I didn't know that that was not normal until I got mm-hmm. to New York, and I was like, <laughs> I wake up every day, and I, I just think about, like, what's the day gone? Like, I, I right. don't know, it's totally different. Until that thought is absent. Yeah. Because I feel like it's not a conscious thought. It's no. more of a subconscious thought. Yeah, and it's just, like, um, when I was coming out, I was like, um, oh, you are done. you're not thinking about that girl. Like, the, like, <laughs> you're not thinking about that person in a sexual way. It's totally normal what you're doing. And it's, like, the more you rationalize these right. things that are not the thoughts that other people are having, you can just think it's really normal to do that until one day you just have a realization, like, A, that wasn't a normal thought pattern in the morning, or B, yeah. you're thinking that because you have, you're in love with, like, you would prefer to date women, so. Well, our subconsciouses are so, so layered. Yeah, exactly. And we're so good at mm-hmm. covering up those layers and... I think that we're sort of trained to not do self-reflection. Right. Like, I mean, even this podcast is such a great exercise. I feel like I'm a person who, I've always at every stage in my life felt like I was a person who knows myself really well <laughs> and who's so authentic. And then I look back and I'm like, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Me too. What an idiot. Yeah. 2018, I, Maddie. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit on you. <laughs> no, I have the exact same thing where it's, I feel very in tune with my psychology and I feel very yeah. re- reflective and then it's amazing how I can neglect or like how I can fail to take care of something really important. Well, because I think that ourselves are constantly changing right. and it's, it's like love. It's not a passive thing. Like you have to actively mm-hmm. stay knowing yourself. You have I to- wouldn't know. <laughs> it's like love. Uh, never mind. <laughs> You've never heard of it. <laughs> Um, but I feel like it's a conscious thing to keep doing it and that, you know, maybe you had, um, years where you were really reflective and you were the type of person who backpacked and whatever, you know, wrote in your journal every day and then you spend a couple years like, you know, working and getting caught up in a certain lifestyle and then all of a sudden, like, you've got to put in the work again. You've got to, you've got to always stay checking in with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it's by going to therapy or doing something for yourself or talking to a friend or yeah. just creating anything. That's what, I think that's why we have, humans have such a strong desire to create. Right. Well, I, I, cause I'm, I'm a, I hear you and I'm totally in agreement, but, like, the thing is, like, I was in therapy and I was, like, doing all these mm-hmm. things and still these, like, tiny things that I was not picking up on as, like, abnormal, yeah. like, behaviors. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna. I have a lot to say about my therapy this year in a later episode. But okay, yeah. Um. So, well, I don't know why I started talking about myself. <laughs> what a narcissist. Ugh. What well, do you remember? What your twenty eighteen goals were? We said yesterday, and you you didn't know. I don't think I had any. Okay. Cool. <laughs> so mine was a coffee cup thing. Oh yeah. And I I would like to continue that because I feel like. I it became a, a habit and now I'm, I don't think about it as much and I yeah. think I just want to continue that. You are really really good about it. Yeah, and um, and I'm gonna try and cut it in half and like just do six this year, six cups. So you got twelve. I, I, I used thirteen. Reus- uh, yeah, or disposable cups. Man, a shame on you. But like down from probably four hundred at least. Yeah. No, um, I was just kidding. No, That's I know very you're very impressive. Um, and I would like to. Do you have a reusable straw? 
Yeah, my sister just got me one for Christmas. Nice. I am thinking that I would like to not use um, any, like, takeout beverage containers. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, like, soda cups and stuff like that. I feel like a reusable straw. I mean, I could definitely just soak it, but I don't have a dishwasher, mm-hmm. and the idea of cleaning it feels really stressful to me. They give you a little bristle thingy that you put in and out. Like oh, a like little... a pipe cleaner? Yeah, exactly. Is that what a pipe cleaner does? That's why it's called that. Whoa! Well, I don't think the ones you buy at the craft store are <laughs> for cleaning pipes, but I think it's modeled after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, you learn something, something new. new. Every day. And they're flexible, so they go through the pipes. Damn. Yeah. Um, well, that's my... like a very tangible. We're gonna get. I'm gonna. I have a whole like layers of of goals, but I. Okay. The, that's kind of one of my big concrete ones. Okay. I was just thinking, my 2018 goal. I think I had gone to one therapy session, like oh. end of December. So In your I was, life? Um, I had maybe done a. I gone to a few a few years earlier, but oh. my very first therapy session with my new therapist, oh. who I still am going to, was like end of December. Really? Yep. I feel like we've both been in therapy forever. Nope. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Um, so I think that that might have been, I okay. think like mental health was probably. Okay. Got it. My, and my And did main you have goal. goals or just like, I need to take care of some mental health? I think it was like stick through with this therapy yeah. thing. Try to like work out more. Yeah. Try to just. So do you have mental health goals for 2019? I, I'm feeling pretty good. I think that um, I'm really aware when I'm starting to, like, have a mood swing or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I've just been – I've just – I don't know if it's getting older or, like, getting more mature, but – It's the vest. Um, it could be the vest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I'm getting better at identifying it. And um, I think that – so, well, I sort of – I feel like I kind of – already turned over a new leaf when I got back from tour like a month ago because I just like spent a few days at home like completely reorganizing my apartment and unpacking and I did a lot of cooking and then Sheck and I totally redid our budget Mm -hmm. so we basically like because I found out that you were spending too much money (laughs) yep Yep. um well no because I hadn't really like updated it in, like, a few years, you know, like, I have yeah. a general idea, but I basically, like, re- made a new spreadsheet that was, like, okay, here are all my bills, I gotta right. throw in my Hulu, I gotta throw in, like, right, right, right. this updated payment, like, my yoga, whatever. Squarespace. Yeah, Squarespace, like, shit like that, just random stuff, and, um, so I put it all in, and then I was, like, okay, so here's, like, my new amount of eating out, Christmas present money, blah, 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 blah. And, um, so we just, like, we're on a really good grocery, like, meal planning schedule. We were just being really good about, about grocery shops and about, um, certain meals out per week. And so that was, I mean, we've, I feel like for the most part, we're both pretty good with our money, but it was definitely just, like, we were doing it really strictly for Mm -hmm. most of the month of December and it was really great. And then also I was on a really good schedule with, um, my MicroQuest hours, right, right. and then my songwriting hours. Because yeah. basically, I haven't I haven't laid it all out, but I could I could do that right now. My entire well, album. So basically, you maybe you're lacking in mental health goals, but you have a big goal, tangible, yeah. concrete project coming up. I've got a massive project. So basically, uh, we came home from tour, took like a couple days off, and then um, decided to start writing my album. 
because we met with this PR company. This is your first full-length album. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So normally, in the past, it's taken me, like, over a year to make an EP, like, five songs. Right. And so we met with this PR company in New York, and I'm going to be going back out in May to complete some of the canceled shows. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I've got kind of another tour basically coming up in May. And the PR company was like, oh, that's awesome if you could release your album out, like, the Friday before you leave. That'd be perfect. And we're like, yeah, we could do that. Like, May is far away. And then basically working backwards, we're like, okay, well, then that means we've got to do first single mid-February, second single mid-March, third single mid-April, and then the whole album mid-May, which would mean we'd have to have everything written and recorded by end of January and then get it mixed and mastered all of February. So basically we have two months to write and record an EP. Right. Or I mean an album, sorry, which is 10 songs. So basically it ended up being like two songs a week. So (laughs) we're on this crazy ambitious schedule and um, it's like when I looked at it, I was like, I just basically kind of tried to turn any overwhelming thoughts I had into excitement. Like I tried to consciously, and I've still been doing that, trying to consciously switch it. So every time I'm like, oh God, I've got to write a song. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, hey, I've got to write a song. I can do it. And like try to just like trick myself into feeling very powerful and being like, yeah, I can definitely do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm just in this mentality right now of like, I need to work harder than I ever have in my life. And so I just have to be really strict about my work hours, I've got to like get my MicroQuest done in the morning and then take the dog for a walk, get outside, stretch a little bit, maybe go to yoga and then work on, you know, finish a song in a couple of days. Right. And then, you know, make dinner, not eat out, whatever, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, um, I, it's been going really well. Yeah. Look, I'm looking and, at your little chart right now. It's yeah, pretty cool. I know. I've got a manual uh, spreadsheet. Over there tracking. Meanwhile, and your girlfriend is still just... Yeah, she's at the computer again with her headphones in, making the album while we do this shit. <laughs> just kidding. On, on Logic, Pro Tools. <laughs> garage I brand. went over to her earlier and I said, is that GarageBand? She was like, no. <laughs> it's Logic. And I was like, same thing. She was like, no. <laughs> I think she's on Pro Tools now. Oh, man. I can't even tell. Um... That's, that's really interesting. I think a lot about, like, this whole tricking your brain thing. Um, yeah. My academic mentor at school, he, or I guess I should say advisor, but I just really am fond of him. And um, he was always telling me about how he has to, like, have a manager side of his brain. Yeah. And then his, like, academic-y, and I think of it kind of like art in the same way. Yeah. Side of his brain, like, are not the same, and, like, you need to actively manage um and I'm really really bad at managing and I'm I'm Mm. such a bad schedule and I'm such a bad planner but when I first got to New York I was so just like what am I doing like besides that if I I was much happier for sure but I would wake up and sometimes I'd be like what is what am I gonna do today um (laughs) and like I only get a few hours of work here and there and so for the most part my days are unscheduled and also even when I do get work it's unscheduled um well not for the future I'll be babysitting but but for other stuff, I definitely had, like, freelance stuff that I could do whenever. Mm-hmm. And um, I would actually have to, like, and I, because I'm prone to depression, I, I was like, you can't keep doing this because you're just going to, like, get really upset with yourself. Yeah. Um, the lack of structure is yeah, too bad. So, so for, like, a few weeks, at, like, the height of me needing this, I 
would sit down at night and I would say, what does my day look like tomorrow? So I was kind of like tricking my brain. So like from mm-hmm. 8 to 10 in the morning, I'm yeah. going to work on this essay. Yeah. Um, I know when we were visiting you, you were so on it. Oh, and on the tour? Yeah. Well, well when you were in New York, you were like, oh, I got to go. I got to wake up at 8 and go do this from 8 to 10 and right. blah, blah, blah. Right. And so like I would trick my brain so that when I actually got to work, um, in quotes, like my desk, um, I would just kind of do it and I would just kind of fulfill the obligations of my work schedule that I made up for myself. But it's so interesting how different my day would go if the night before I said, these are the things I'm going to get done between 8 and 10 and then like half hour break or whatever. And just like really managing in advance and how different it can feel once you've actually done that. Um, But it's really hard. I think it's really hard to be an artist and manage time. And I think it's because it's like... it's so counter to how most jobs work. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's really interesting because I've always been a person who needs deadlines. Right, like, me too. I mean, writing an essay, yeah. having anything do, I just, because you, you can take forever if you want, if right. you have the time to. And then, obviously, my girlfriend is the exact opposite. Yeah. She's so, she's so big picture, so linear. She loves planning. She's, like, already thinking about the next album after this. Like, she's just so... She loves projects and taking on things. Yeah. And so she's really, like, given me a structure to work in that's been really productive. Mm-hmm. And we were at the studio um, recording one of the songs, um, one of the new songs that we just, like, cranked out. So I did my two songs in a week, and we went and recorded them. And then there's this guy there who was working on something, and I was chatting with him, and he was like oh, yeah, I've been, um, I asked him what he was recording, and he was like, oh, I'm working on an EP. I've been, I've been making it for, for about a year and a half now. Like, I've got four songs almost done. And then he's like, what about you? And I was like, oh, we're actually trying to make an album right now in a month. And it just, like, I felt so empowered all of a sudden. No, nothing, I mean, not to discredit him, because I've absolutely done that. Right. But it made me see, like, that you don't, need to necessarily work that way and I feel like it is kind of a a phase that is necessary to go through but then it also just like what's which part which one is the phase is necessary taking well for me taking a long time was something that I kind of had to go through you know you're Mm -hmm. you're like nervous about putting stuff out you haven't done it that much you want it to be perfect you don't really know what you're doing you're you know just all this stuff you're trying to figure out the balance between making money and having a life and Mm -hmm. then also pursuing these things and it can be a slow process, and I don't look down on it in any way. Um, but it's really exciting to now be in this new phase where, and I know that I'll probably return to like wanting to really do some super, yeah. you know, introspective songs that take me a long time. Like I'm sure I'll do that again, but mm-hmm. it just, I feel like I've, I've just flipped some switch in my brain of mm-hmm. like here it's like survival mode almost it's just like here are all the things I've got to do and if you have if you have stuff to get done then you'll do it yeah it's really fun because you kind of like do things like exactly a year before me that I then begin (laughs) doing the next year but um so I'm excited for this part of my life (laughs) but I actually I relate to that a lot because um writing is so weird because so many people could do it um and we all write all the time right and like we learn how to speak English right away. So, I mean, it's really... I <laughs> we actually, all do. Everyone we in all the world. do it. Everyone in the entire world knows English. <laughs> um, I didn't mean English. I meant, like, language in general and communication. But 
that's why sometimes I have a little shame about writing because I'm like, anyone could do this. Right. Actually, it turns out, like, plenty of people cannot write at all, but... <laughs> Anyway, I still feel that a lot where I'm, like, music, I'm like, how would anyone do that? But writing feels very... No, I feel the same way. I'm like, everyone is a fucking singer. (laughs) Every cute girl with an Instagram has a song out on Spotify. So I feel that way about writing, where I'm like, everyone can write. Everyone has a grasp of the English language. Um, Yeah. And there was this huge, like, stress of just, like, I'm not good enough. I have to write it perfectly and all this stuff. And then, and I always thought of it as a... um, on off skill where it was like you either do it or you don't do it yeah um and then so like the first time I took this writing class taking now two writing classes at the same place in New York and I think the first time I was like this better be amazing or something like that or and um or I quit or I quit exactly yeah. and I was like looking for validation all the time right and I was like tell me that I'm the best and I can't quit and yeah. um Right. And feedback was never good enough because I was like, I need you to tell me the best you've ever read in your life. Right. Um, and so, I don't know, for like two years I've had that attitude about writing. Um, and so, I moved to New York and, and I've been writing sometimes at night, which was helpful, but like I moved to New York and actually said to myself, like, you're going to write every single night in your journal and it's just going to be like a recap of your day or whatever. And if that turns into something, then great. And if it doesn't, that's fine. But like, just to do it just because and it's so amazing I now think of it like training for a race like yeah a runner could be you could be naturally good at running um that doesn't mean that you could go run a marathon or a or an ultra um so there's like for for training for a big race like you should probably run every single day even when you're not training for a big race Mm -hmm. and like some days you have longer runs that are harder yeah and then some days that you have races where it's like you've been kind of preparing for this moment um, yeah. And so I, that's now how I think about writing because I think my writing's gotten a lot better just it's by... It's gotten so... It's so weird, like... <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gotten... <laughs> well, remember you sent me something and I was like, this is so good. And you're like, oh, really? Yeah. And and then we kind of realized, like, you just... By writing so much all the time, mm-hmm. like, there's no way you could just not get better. It doesn't right. mean that every single thing that you write is going to be super amazing, but... There's no way that you would just get worse at writing well, from doing it all the it, time. It's so interesting that the many things that that is doing. Are you are you okay right now? Yeah. Oh, okay. You just you keep fidgeting a little bit. Oh, I'm just I'm never satisfied. Okay, got it. Physically, you'll never be satisfied. <laughs> um, I'm someone who's always shifting. Um, you you slide, <laughs> creepy chameleon. Um, not to be trusted. But I, the writing thing has has done so many things for like my. For like, there's just so many things to think about. So, for one, I do it. I started doing it because I, I'm just like, like I said, when I was 17, I was like super pumped on the the kind of person that I was. Um, I feel so self conscious saying that now that Madison doesn't have her headphones on anymore. <laughs> I'm sure she hates 17 year olds. Um, and uh, oh, she needs a salt lamp on. Got it. What's the <laughs> Um, and I feel like I have added some layers of shame in my life or like maybe mm-hmm. they were always there, but I'm just like really dealing with that. And, um, yeah. so I, part of the writing thing is that the more you write to yourself every night in this kind of low stakes environment, I think the more you kind of uncover how you naturally speak. And I'm trying to like write much less affected mm. when I make something. I'm right. trying to like not be thinking about like, oh, this sounds smart enough. Does this sound whatever enough interesting do you so, reread your stuff after in my journal yeah in your journal sometimes but not really 
Um, and so that's one of the functions of doing that every night. And then the other was that just this attitude of, um, I'm a writer now because I write every single night. Like, right. And I can really think of myself in that way because even though I really... you're doing it. I'm doing it. And I haven't written an essay... The one I, that you read, I wrote in, like, October. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of, I guess, kind of a while ago. But um, I definitely still think of myself as a writer because I'm writing every night. And yeah. so... It's like in Mrs. Maisel when she's like, the only way to get good at stand-up comedy is to just sure. do stand-up comedy. Yeah. Boom. Whoa. <laughs> I love Susie. That's true. And, and also, I just, like, when, when I don't have a product or anything like that, I'm, like, much less stressed about it because I'm like, well, I'm going to return to my practice every day. Right. Um, which is a very interesting attitude that I now have about it. And it's... Um, I know it's making me better because it is, like, training for these bigger moments. And then the more I'm going to write, the less stakes these are all going to be. And, like, you're saying, like, I had that perfectionistic complex, and now I'm, like, there's going to be so many opportunities. And I feel that way now about my life. In addition to what we talked about earlier on the walk, like, um, I'm, like, wow, what if one year I just ended up living in Europe? It's just, like, everything, I'm, like, I'm not stressed at all about the future because I'm, this feels like the right thing that I'm doing, and so... Yeah, because you're listening to your instincts, and you're doing things that you love and enjoy. And I'm thinking that... And it makes you worry less. Right, and I'm worried less, and I think that um, all of it, I'm just like... And and it will become part of my writing somehow. It's just so interesting yeah. how it's, like, changing how my attitude about my life. Yeah. Um, Can I also say a piece, which I've said before on an earlier season, but... Please do not. These people paid for newness. <laughs> really? Where did, where did the money go? Yeah, my boob job. <laughs> oh, wow. They look great. <laughs> Thank you. I got them smaller. <laughs> I went from an A to an A minus. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, that book that I read by <laughs> yeah. Liz Gilbert, right. Big Magic. I need with... to read that, actually. I thought you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I told you I did. Oh, No, I'm cool. just kidding. I didn't tell you I did, but I, I didn't read it. Um, she's the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, and then she did, like, a memoir-type, like, not really a how-to, just, I don't even know. It's about creating. Yeah, it's a book about creativity, and she has this whole concept about, she likes to picture ideas as, like, living things that just kind of fly around, and they're waiting Mm -hmm. to be discovered, so they're, like, all these ideas that are, like, knocking on everyone's door. Yeah. Just trying to be brought to life. And she had so many people write her after Eat, Pray, Love coming came out being like, you wrote my book. Right. Like, I was going to write that. Yeah. Like, you just, you know, you lived my story. You stole my story. Whatever. Just people feeling like they had that same idea or experience. Yeah. But she was the one who... Did it. Who did it. And I feel like that kind of relates to what you said at the beginning of this whole thing about how you just didn't really feel like you felt like anyone could write Mm -hmm. like it's true anyone can and people can pick how they spend their day and you could have the most talented smartest person in the world but if they're not you know writing a book about their thoughts then there's not going to be a book about their thoughts right well and I actually it's funny because I have all these I like I hey when I was Wow, that was a lot of stuttering. When I was <laughs> when I was eighteen or nineteen, I got to college and I was first realizing that I was gay. I like was writing the screenplay in my head all the time. It was like mm-hmm. as soon as I realized I was gay, immediately I was writing the screenplay about coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many of the scenes ended up being in Love Simon, like almost oh, really? identically. Yeah, and then this other thing, like other quotes that I've had, have showed up recently, mm-hmm. and like 
I'm not saying anyone stole it. I'm just saying it's so interesting. And it's also why art is so hard is because you're also creating something that doesn't exist. And so, like, yeah. it can it can often feel like you're shoving something. <laughs> the birth canal. It can often, <laughs> often feel like you're shoving something through. We love birth canal before. metaphors. <laughs> love it. Before the world is ready. Because otherwise it would just be a reproduction. Like, it, art is always something that yeah. is difficult for the world to understand because it's new. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so challenging and, like, why right. you it's so easy to let an idea go away because, like, there's no nothing out there. And now, like, ten years late, like, I don't know, six yeah. years later, it's the time to – these ideas are coming out. But I'm sure the person who wrote those in the screenplay were thinking of around the same time that I would, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's really interesting how much I'm appreciating work over – I think I'm, I was scared and continued to be scared of doing work. Mm-hmm. And so I was, like – it has to be a natural talent thing or bust, like it. Uh, right. So, I, so, because um, I just thought I would never put in the work that other people were putting in, and I think I'm putting in more work. I think I'd like to put in more work, more consistently next year. I mean, mm-hmm. I still have so much fear. Like starting an essay is just like so right. difficult for me. Yeah, um, I mean that makes sense. I think that that won't ever really go away. Right. It won't. You'll just get better at yeah doing it. Anyway. Yeah, and setting deadlines and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so that is. So you have big this big artistic goal. Yeah. So basically, my new year mm-hmm. goal, I... Well, you have a lot scheduled already, so you have the album scheduled. I have some very, like, concrete things that and I'm then, working towards, and I basically just... I've had so many really wonderful opportunities pop up in the past year and a half, and I don't want to... I don't want to look back on this period of my life and be like... If I had just fucking worked a little harder, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I'm not saying that I haven't worked hard in the past. I think I really have, but I just feel like now is the time where, I mean, who knows what could happen. I have this tour that could mean nothing mm-hmm. or I could work my ass off to get an album out at the same time. Yeah. And then who knows, maybe some person will see the album or hear it somehow and be like, oh, maybe I'll go see her live. And then that could lead. Right. Like I just have. I have no idea how things will fall into line. Like, just like with the Katie Tunstall tour, I couldn't have predicted that sending a random tweet would have had that outcome. And I wasn't trying to make that happen, but I just have been consistently putting out music and putting myself out there. And then when an opportunity came, I was ready. So I just feel like the only way I'm going to get to where I'm going next is by making this album... And then going on to on this little tour and um, continuing to just, like, do all the things that I would do if I had unlimited time and money and whatever, you yeah. know? And also, it's, it's occurring to me because you just said, like, it all happened because of this retweet. And um, part of you retweeting that, I'm projecting for sure, but, like, is this this confidence that you're an artist or that you're someone who should be making music and so when you retweet that and you're like this looks really cool you're posting that in the mental space of like I'm a musician I'm posting this as a musician who's interested in this kind of music festival mm-hmm. um and like doing so without some sort of self-consciousness about it like yeah allowed but also just as a genuine fan you no, know for sure and I think that you mostly did it as like a fan but I don't know. I think there is some part of it that is like your boldness in in taking up that space on Twitter and, and yeah. retweeting it and like kind of making your interests known and being right. brave about that. I think allowed for someone to say, "Look, here you are." Right. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So, cool. um, so my goal is like, I I think that a part of me 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I feel like a part of me might not ever really feel like a real artist until I either get signed or make, you know, be able to make some actual money off of it in like some kind of meaningful way. Like even if I still have my other job or something, like I just, I, I don't think that it's all about money, but I also do feel like I would really love for my career to feel more legitimate like I just I would love to continue towards a trend of like there have been so many like little levels up year by year right and I would love for it as I'm getting older to feel like like it has the potential to be a career in more ways than just like a fulfilling ultra fulfilling hobby (laughs) and I'm a little less anti-money than than Shackle is on this topic (laughs) but I think I think it's okay to think of it as like I need to get maybe a little money for it just because it, it tells me that I can spend more time on it and yeah. can kind of sustain myself a little more on yeah. doing that work. Yeah, I guess that – yeah, I don't even and really I don't know even what think it there's is. A problem. I don't think there's a problem with that. Yeah, I mean, I just – I don't ever want to – I think that it really helps me to not confuse the two. Like, the fact that I make no money off of music – allows for me to approach music really genuinely yeah because I'm like well I'm not I'm not trying you know to pay my rent I'm gonna do my hours and do my other jobs and make money there yeah and then I can make the music I want to make whereas if I was just solely making money off of music I would probably be making licensing music that I didn't like as much sure. and be like definitely doing like well you know, yeah and I wedding don't wanna, gigs or whatever I don't want to suggest that you become like a commercial musician that just like takes gigs but I do think that like level like becoming the Maddie Ross artist that also gets a little bit of money for it oh yeah that would be fucking that. sweet yeah. I well, would that's love the same that. thing as like dividing but, like my journaling from pieces that I think maybe one day will get published yeah you know yeah. Well, I, I guess I've worked really hard to make sure that, like, Maddie Ross as an artist is, like, on my own terms. Right. Like, it's really me, right. and it's not compromised, and it's, like, the music that I want to yeah. be making, and it feels really authentic. So it would just be awesome if that version of myself and my music were able to um, be more successful in various levels. Yeah. Like, and that I, would be really rewarding. And I feel similarly about writing. Like, I... I could do shorter like I'm, I'm having trouble right now because I prefer to write really long essays um not because I like to write that long just because like the concepts that I'm trying to uncover usually have a lot of layers to them and it's actually a terrible spot to be like the real sweet spot is like a 1500 word start mm-hmm. start middle finish narrative um and I prefer longer ones that are just mm-hmm. kind of like complicated and, and have a lot of layers to them mm-hmm. and are a little messier and it's actually really hard to find a place that's gonna take something like that yeah um because like journals I mean magazines will so like Granta and Tin House and things like that but like those are pretty elite and so then some of the places that are easier to place are gonna be harder for me just because it's not the same but I yeah. I know in my heart that those are the things that I actually would want to work on and so some I, I could do other stuff and do make money for that but I'm gonna have to make room to like continue writing longer essays that would probably just end up being in a book one day um being a writer is so different from <laughs> music I, I don't yeah like a, I mean because it's just really interesting of like what kind of writing are you gonna do yeah like are you gonna be a novelist or are you gonna be a columnist 
columnist. Columnist. Um, a colonialist. Colonial, a colonial woman. woman. <laughs> Turning butter. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, and I still don't know, actually, know yeah. what my sweet spot is. Because I also am coming from, like, I was always really funny. And then now a lot of what I write is really serious. And it's not, like, lacking in humor. I don't hope. I'm not sure. But I don't it, think so. I think you have a pretty good balance. Like, your storytelling, the, yeah. the show that you did. Mm-hmm. How long ago was that now? A few months ago. Yeah, October. I, I loved that. I felt like it was, you were really vulnerable and honest, but you were also, you know, cracking a few jokes. And I do think that, like, people have always called me funny, but I think that one of the things that I am actually working on is honesty. And I think, so, so it's interesting to see how that happens in writing. I think for a long time I tried really hard to be funny. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was working a little bit, but I do think I'm trying really, really hard just to write honestly. Yeah. When it was interesting in the writing class that you just did, you wrote a piece that I loved that was about your mom, mm-hmm. and it was so, I thought you did it so well because you kind of um, went back and forth between her upbringing and then your upbringing, mm-hmm. and um, you told this a really interesting story about this complex character, and obviously you're so close to her that you were able to write that piece with complexity and love, and then people in your writing class who didn't know you that well were like, we'd love to hear more about the gay thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you were just like, wow, I'm I'm trying to move past the yeah. point where this is like the big story. Like yeah. I've written that piece. Like I've talked about it on a podcast in seasons one and <laughs> My two. God, we're all tired of hearing we about it. We all know. We yeah. all get it. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's interesting that you're trying to move past being like, Oh, I'm going to get the shock factor, the tearjerker, how sad for me I had to be in the closet and coming out was hard. Like, that's almost, I think it's really important. I don't want to say easy because that undermines how hard it was to tell that story. But it is a, you know, there's more skill and more to tell than just that piece of your story. And I actually, I feel so licensed to write a gay essay and I'm like this needs to be said like this needs to be in the world and I felt very scared to approach a, a, an essay about my grandpa and my mom and, yeah. and death and, and family because I was like I don't have any license to write about this yeah and now I'm approaching the point where it's like no one has any license to write about anything and like this right. is not about what the world needs yeah it's just really really interesting and I'm still I'm totally like I think I still have like at least five to infinity years to like grapple <laughs> with like what I have permission to write and what I don't yeah um and it's just gonna come over time I think but it's so interesting how I was like I will write this honest essay about being gay and like that's why it'll be important and then how <laughs> yeah how much I was like well who am I to talk about my family <laughs> right yeah right um, I'm an authority on gays yeah just not on <laughs> yeah, my family just not on I exactly. speak for all gay yeah, people yeah I know it's so bizarre um <laughs> no totally yeah. but I had a conversation it's with my friend about that and how it was like trying to move past these like themes that we feel like define us really really concretely and then mm-hmm. but writing is all about trying to explore places that are very cliche and making them more authentic so I kind of feel like I'm doing that with this album, actually, mm-hmm. I, I've kind of had some concerns in the back of my mind because, I mean, the last EP that I wrote was really me getting some stuff out of my system of, like, the yeah, love story. The love story, yeah. And not that it's, like, that, you know, revolutionary or anything, but just kind of using girl pronouns or saying, will yeah. you be my wife, like, that still felt 
cathartic for me to say, to, like, be very boldly, you know, being like, I'm in love with a girl, and, um, and it was just, there was definitely, you know, huge elements of that, because it's such a big part of my story and my identity that I was really trying to express, um, and this album, I mean, we have a really strong concept behind it, it's, um, based off of, like, a teen movie, Mm -hmm. so, um, so I'm, I'm honest, it, it's almost, it's taken more vulnerability in a way to write like a fun party song or yeah, something like that because, totally. because it's almost easier in some ways to just be like, oh, I know that people are going to be moved by this mm-hmm. because it's, you know, was this hard thing that I'm talking about. Right. I feel the same way. Like it, it took more vulnerability to write about my mom than it did about being gay. Right. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh my gosh, how are you so vulnerable in a gay <laughs> essay? And I was like, whatever. Like, yeah. You, yeah. You're like, oh, well, yeah. you're you're numb to it at some yeah. point after all the tears. Oh, uh, wow, that's really sad. That's sad. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, all right, so that's I, those are all my questions for you because you seem to have this really concrete goals coming up. Yeah, what about your, besides your uh, cup? Besides mm-hmm. the cup goal, did you dig no any deeper than that? Cup. <laughs> yeah, I did. So I, I want to continue. I really... I was on a streak for writing every night in my journal and then I like struggled with some small mental health issues and so I was like and I was home and that just like something about being in a house with other people makes it really really difficult for me to um write like I need literally no one in the building with me for me to write which is crazy um but I also feel like we're all very triggered by being at home. <laughs> right. Well, Just because you fall into the old patterns and relationships and yada, yada, yada. Money earning issues. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then I have, um, I would like to meditate every day, which I've, again, these are things that I'm kind of doing right now, but I would like to really try in earnest to do it every single day. Um, and then I think that I would like to be. I'd like to have a little more discipline with writing, so actually writing essays, um, not just my journaling. Um, And then I would really like to, in a more emotional, so those are like my three, like maybe habit-minded things, in a more emotional sense, um, I would like to work on being really direct next year Hmm. um, and being less apologetic and like being more aware of um, boundaries I hate that because it sounds very cliche, but, like, for instance, as you know, I had, like, a romantic interest earlier this fall, and I, I, like, thought that I was asking her out, and then, but, like, maybe was trying to hide behind a little bit of, like, e, like, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to really be direct and say what I'm trying to say, which is that, like, I'd like to go out with you on a date, like, and so I think that I am trying, going to try and approach those types of things with a lot more directness coming up. That was when we had that really funny moment where you were like, you know, how do I ask her out? Like, is it too bold I was, or whatever? I was tipsy and, and I was like, this feels so bold. I'm going to I'm gonna do it. I'm going to write this text. And it was like, let me know if you ever want to meet up for a drink. And I was like, oh my God, I can't, like my palms are sweating. I can't believe it. And her response was kind of like, that sounds great. And I was like, oh my God, we did it guys. Big night, big night. And then I feel like we were just in this weird limbo for like two months of like, did I ask you out? Yeah. Because I thought I did. And I <laughs> took a swig and I, I was like, I know. You're like, I'm never putting myself out there again. Yeah. And I, I feel like I 
thought that it was so crazy that I was doing that, and now I'm like, I wish that I had been even more direct. Well, that was how we had the really funny moment where I was like, I think that you're just starting to have, like, real straight people problems now. Yeah. Or, like, you're, you're, you've moved past, like, the coming out, like, you know, dating girls issue, and now you're just at the point of, like, this is what all people have when they're dating. They're like, when do I text them? Am I being too needy? Exactly. Do I ask them out a casual way, or do I just go right up and be like, I would like to take you out on a date. And I definitely would like to, like, in-depth talk about homophobia later and like really get in that oh yeah let's get let's right get in right in there later not right that's now that's the fun stuff um that's the juicy goodness and um but you're right like I'm conquering some of those issues and approaching this like well it's so interesting being in New York and like I've met two people now where I'm like I think I could go on a date with them and mm-hmm. and one I've clearly messed up and then <laughs> another that I really want to be like if the chance comes up and we're communicating, I, I really want to just be direct and say, like, let's go on a date. Let's yeah. let's do it. Um, so being direct is one of my goals. Well, all you need to do is put yourself in a food ordering situation. <laughs> I am an alpha. <laughs> when- we went out to dinner the other night and Annie just grabs a menu and starts ordering things full confidence. And then she's like, you know, anything about food, I just turn into the alpha. It's true. And in the kitchen, I'm just like, Oh, yesterday when I flung that towel over she my... She flipped a towel over her shoulder, and it it was hot. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> Annie's gone. She left the room. Um, I, I love food. It I'm was so a confident passionate. move. You just, like... I know. You're walking around the kitchen with your little, you know, pep in your step. I love it. You grabbed, I've cooked a lot more in the last You year. grabbed that towel, you threw it over I your know. shoulder, and everyone was like, whoa. Yeah, everyone, literally everyone in the room stopped and I know. was like. Caitlin was like, I really liked the way you just <laughs> threw that towel over your shoulder. Um, So I just, I need to bring people around to the food. Well, you cook quite a lot. Okay, one of my New Year's resolutions for you. Oh. I would like you to post more to your actual Instagram yeah. so th- uh, particularly when you make really fancy tortellini yeah. pasta from scratch like when you're making all these crazy things I think they need to go on the grid yeah. so that potential suitors <laughs> can go to your profile and be like holy fuck holy shit this yeah. girl makes tortellini from scratch I would definitely date her my- what a great hobby that is beneficial <laughs> to all involved my <laughs> My, one of my big issues, though, is that I've always kind of loved this, like, Instagram being an anti. Like, I hate people who are genuine about their accomplishments on Instagram, which is so unfair. Yeah, that's unfair. Um, and it just really annoys me because I, I don't – I prefer this jokey-jokey. Mm-hmm. Um, although, like, in light of watching Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, like, I am embracing this humor. And I think about this phrase – this is probably belongs in an essay, but um, well, you tell me. But um, I think a lot about how easy it is for me to go around in my life in this humorous mind. And everyone should go watch that to see what I'm talking about and really yeah, watch it. Yeah, it's incredible. But um, especially for comedians, like, imagining your life as a joke and being stuck in that and, like, always making fun of it can be kind of toxic sometimes. Like... People are always like, oh, you're so honest and funny because you're so hilarious and beautiful. You are always saying it to me. Always. And talking about how, um, like, being self-deprecating and, like, not, like, that is, people sometimes think of that as honesty, and that is honesty, but it's it's not bravery because um, there is 
a whole different layer of vulnerability that comes in. Like, it's one thing to be like, I'm flawed. And for me, that's always been really easy. It is so difficult for me. And I'm realizing this is tied into my, like, my difficulty making eye contact, all of this stuff. It is so difficult to, first of all, say, yes, I'm flawed, but then also ask people to like love you anyway that's a whole different layer of this is so much deeper than i thought that the instagram post thing would trigger well here we are I, <laughs> these are all the things i think about well clearly Damn. i'm on medication for anxiety but like um just the fact that i'm i don't want to put things that i'm actually interested in out in the world because i'm like that takes more vulnerability yeah. than being like, Someone could shit on look, you. I, I ripped my pants is like so easy. For some people, that's really hard. But for, for me, yeah. that's really easy. And then... Well, look, I don't think that there's anyone who would make fun of some of that pasta that you have created. I don't want people to... But then I'm like ashamed that I care so much about... Like, I'm ashamed that I'm asking people to... But people are attracted to passion. I know. I know. So and I am... I know. You suck. I know. I know. I'm working on it. But I think it's all about, like, this whole taking up room and asking people to... I'm just thinking strategically from, like, a Tinder standpoint. Yeah, I'm not on Tinder anymore, but yeah. Well, someone who might be interested in you and is trying to get a feel for you, they deserve a full picture, and that includes some delicious meals. And I think strategically it might even um, be a major plus to some ladies who are... You're not wrong scrolling through you're not wrong you're not wrong my goal for you in 2019 is to meditate (laughs) which i've been telling all my friends (laughs) um i think you should and uh i'll I'll leave it there all right what i think we're at time now yeah i think so um damn i even had more stuff but well let's hear we that remember we had like 10 minutes that we it was like four minutes you corrected me (laughs) (laughs) you're right i was just wondering if you had any sort of like soul type of like what are the kind of things that you're trying to work on? Or I've like been trying. I've been working on being a better girlfriend and daughter and sister for a while, and um, and friend to me and friend friend. I just, I mean, I just um, have always. I think particularly being in a relationship is like something that constantly takes work, yeah. and sometimes you um, get you know settle into things, but. I just want to stay really conscious of um, of the of trying to always be a better girlfriend and trying yeah. to always be patient and understanding. And one of my goals is to just be more patient, mm-hmm. um, which I think that I've really gotten better at in the past year. I feel like I've noticed my patience getting a lot higher, and maybe I think it's just a sign of maturity and getting older. And but more, well, that you've been taking care of some of your own mental health issues. Yeah, too. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, I just want to continue to, like, be thoughtful, not be provoked as easily. I have a bit of a temper I always have. Yeah. It's just part of who I am. And um, it's something that I like about myself if it's controlled properly. But I think that it also can be unfair to, you know, my family if I snap at them or to check if I'm, like, you know, really mad about something. Like, I think I'm just, you know, continuing to always be bettering myself but cool. I mean I'm pretty perfect so well here's to 2019 <laughs> that was a joke people no one no one thought it was here's 2019 <laughs> let's take one last slurp to sign off cheers cheers